Jamie Niger Romendo with you on this Monday afternoon on the Green Zone. Thanks for tuning in. As we now know, the two teams that will play for the Vince Lombardi Trophy in 13 days in Las Vegas, the Kansas City Chiefs 17-10 win over the Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. With the greatest game manager of them all, Brock Purdy, in a comeback victory uh, over the Detroit Lions. The Lions had a 24-7 lead at halftime, and they blew it in the second half. Dropping the ball, fumbling the ball, questionable coaching decisions, and the 49ers rule. So, let's talk some football. Football at four with Britton Gray. Jamie Nigel Remenda and Green Zone writer reporter Britton Gray uh, with us, uh, who is uh, watched the thrilling, thrilling one nothing game between the Calgary Flames and the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, what's the report back from Calgary, Britain? That was uh, that was a hockey game, I guess technically. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, Chicago's been bad. Like they're a, t- a team this year that obviously will have a high end draft pick once again, especially without Connor Bedard. And Calgary struggling. There was not a lot of offense there. Yeah, Elias Lindholm scores the game winner, but might be traded soon. Drew, do you think he's going to be traded? You think Elias Lindholm's yep. going to be dealt? Yeah. Yep. They're going to try to deal them. You got to get some, you got to rebuild and you have to do it through picks and drafts and changes and trades. But it's, uh, it's surprising how far, how quickly they fell and how valuable Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goodrow were to that team when they all, and Lindholm, they all had a hundred plus points, but you can't argue really with the, the one guy as much as people love to hate him. Uh, I know we're going to get to football, but, Matthew Kachuk's the real friggin' deal. Um, and he drags teams along with him. And he's doing it again with the Florida Panthers uh, uh-huh. like he did last year until the uh, Stanley Cup final. Uh, but, Drew Romenda, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. It's rare that I hand over power on this show at all. Um, kind of a control freak that way. I, I, I'll self-report. It's fine. It's fine. Whose take was the coldest? Drew Romenda? Mine on the Detroit Lions or Britton Gray's on Brock Purdy, which you were trolling. You were trolling, which when when was I trolling? When was I trolling last night when you sent the message that? Well, I smelled blood. I I smelled blood in the water that Ryan Zimmerman, uh, one of the VPs here at Ralco, was a Lions fan. And I'm like, oh, when I got just that little. Little taste of oh, I, I think I'm they, dealing I with a Lions fan here. People don't read through that. I can't believe he didn't read through that. Um, well, I, I replied to Britain's take, and Britain um, came back with what he said, but or what he wrote, I should say. But um, as far as he, the only thing about this, Britain, is that you're not alone in your game manager. He's got a great team around him. Thought process when it comes to Brock Purdy. Well, you see, I'm not I, saying I, you're right, but you have pop, you do have you do have people in your camp. 
because it's more than me seeing it. And now I will let's when we're talking about the take, I just want to say, is it the take that I have actually had? Or the take that Jamie Nye has kind of misconstrued. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> There's been two different things here that I've had to defend. What is your actual take on Brock Purdy? What is your Brock actual Purdy take? Brock Purdy is not the San Francisco 49ers MVP. That has been my take from the start. That is where this started, was when he was considered a favorite for the MVP, and I said, Brock Purdy is not. In terms of the 49ers, he's the third, fourth best option on that offense. But you then you extrapolated, but then you extrapolated on that thought. Because I've had to defend about <laughs> why I don't think that he's the MVP in terms of this, this, this. Which you pretty much said difference. any quarterback could run the 49ers no, to a Super you've Bowl. You've been saying that. You've been, you're making it sound like, Jamie, like I think Nathan Peterman could go in there and lead the San Francisco 49ers to a Super Bowl. I don't think he can. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo did it a few years ago with the worst team around him. And when I watched the, that game, I left thinking I am more right than ever about what Brock Purdy can and can't do. All the credit to Brock Purdy in terms of his ability to scramble. I didn't think he had that, but I don't know if I can expect him to average over nine and a half yards per carry when he goes against the Kansas City Chiefs. But boy, when the 49ers weren't on the Kyle Shanahan script, they looked bad. The Detroit Lions let them back into that game, and then Kyle Shanahan got to do what he loves, which is hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey and have Brock Purdy make these tosses here and there and let the playmakers play. So in terms of my take, I think it's pretty clear that Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Devo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey are bigger roles in that offense than Brock Purdy. As for my take on the Detroit Lions are being uh, are, are an overrated team, even the head coach agrees with me of the Detroit Lions. Did you hear what he said after the game? This could be our only shot. Like even really he good. acknowledges really good. that might be it for the Detroit Lions because in the second half, Jared Goff under pressure is average, if not below average. Outside of Amon Ross St. Brown, nobody can catch. And... Look what happens when the 49ers woke up against that defense. That was well, the proven other... right in the second half. The Lions are who I thought they were. And he and they did let him off the hook uh, in the second half. <laughs> Drew is like, you two are both ridiculous human beings yep. right now. Yep. I mean, I, yep. I, I it's exactly, I mean, it's exactly what I'm saying. Apparently he meant to overthrow Brandon Ayuk by three yards and have it ring off the helmet of a Lions player right into the hands of a diving Did it on purpose. Ayuk. But that's the, the, the throw on the touchdown. On the McAfee, on the show, on the McAfee show, they said that, that he did it on purpose. He knew exactly what he where he had to doink the guy right off the face mask. He said did it on purpose. So. Tom Brady could never. Think of something like that. Let's let's give them all the was, uh, <laughs> Eli could. Eli did. Yeah. Uh, that that catch. I was thinking of all the catches. Like you had, but it's not a Super Bowl game. I know it's a conference championship game, yeah. but you have the David Tyree off the helmet catch. You have that bounce that landed in, and who was it? Edelman Lynn, Lynn, off the Lynn's. just in the Super Bowl, like an inch off the ground. Like ridiculous stuff happens. Was it, was it Lynn Swan? Wasn't that I uh, don't. a Super Bowl catch? Mm, 
not the immaculate reception catch. The no, other, no, 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 no. Yeah. She just lay in straight out Super Bowl ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, yeah Super Bowl ten. That's one of the greatest catches of all time. How about yesterday? Speaking of great catches, two foot down, Kyle. You check, use check. I should say that when he when Brock's scrambling out, Missy gets almost gets sacked. He rolls out and boom. What a catch that was to get both toes down. My uh, goodness. Okay, uh, the, one of the big stories, though, Britton, what, what did you think of Dan Campbell on his three decisions? At the end, at the end of the first half, I thought he should, I was like, go for it. Get another touchdown, go up by 21. Let's go. He kicked the field goal. Uh, then could go up by 17, 48-yarder, goes for it, doesn't get it. That was Josh Reynolds dropping the damn ball. And then fourth quarter to tie the game instead of kicking a, what was it, a 48-yard field? Or I think the first one was 46 yards. Then it was a 48-yard field goal to tie, opting to go for it, and nobody's open. It falls incomplete. I think that Dan Campbell played Dan Campbell football, which is I appreciate that even when the games mean a little bit more and things get scary, I guess, when you're against uh, good teams, you stick to what got you there. And it's paid off for them. I, I I get why they went for it. And we can, if those things paid off in the Detroit Lions, when we would be having a conversation about how Dan Campbell is a genius like Sean Payton was for the surprise onside kick, right? Stick to what you know. I get it. Sometimes you live and you die by it, though. And for the Lions, all the good luck that they had finally ran out in terms of their fourth down conversions. And the other game, the Chiefs and the Ravens. That went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Defensive battle, and Patrick Mahomes outplays Lamar Jackson. Britton? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how the Baltimore Ravens, who were the top rushing team in the league this year, only ran it 11 times against what has been a kind of below-average rushing defense. They got out of their game, and uh, congratulations to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs because they somehow they have a defense that's good enough to force teams to get out of their comfort zone, which is what they did to the Baltimore Ravens. And you could just tell uh, Lamar Jackson was pressing. They were getting frustrated. It was that Zay Flowers literally cut his hand because he was banging it on the uh, on the bench. So I mean, the the moment just became too big for a young Ravens team, which. Uh, with Lamar Jackson, once again, it's when does he get over this uh, kind of Mahomes hump that is out there for any quarterback to be really considered of the, the best of the best. You need to find a way to beat Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, who knows, uh, even Joe Burrow might be asking that question for their entire career of uh, how we get past, past I mean, Patrick. I mean, Joe's Moore. done it, though. Joe Burrow did yeah. it that one year, right? He did it, he so, did it once, that, but he lost the Super Bowl, so he's got no rings to show. He haven't even been able to do that yet. Like six tell you what, AFC though. championship games. That is crazy. And we talk about Mahomes all the time, and deservedly so, but how good was 87 yesterday? And how good is 87 in championship games? If you pass Jerry Rice as far as receptions and yards in championship games, you're you're pretty good, which he did yeah. yesterday. Yeah. And we, we talk all the time. We've talked all year about, like, the Chiefs and their lack of a number one wide receiver. It's Travis Kelsey. We just yep. never viewed him as that because he's a, a wide receiver, end, but he's their yep. he's their number one passing option. And I love yep. Va- Valdez Scantling on the clutch catch at the end. If that was week six, he probably drops it. But Kansas City has <laughs> has improved backwards, 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 backwards all year 
uh, long. Britton Gray, real quick on some of the rider news. Nelson Lacombo and Dan Ralph reporting Anthony Lanier II will be re-signing with Saskatchewan. Yeah, the Lacombo thing uh, makes sense just when you think of the draft capital they've invested with him. I know he hasn't lived up to the hype of uh, being that top-round uh, draft pick, but you, you stick with him. That's clearly going to be a different defensive backfield this year, and it looks like getting Roland Milligan back will help, and who knows how Lacombo kind of fits into a starting role or if he just kind of can become a special teams guy for them. So I get that. The, with uh, the Lanier news, uh, the, the biggest thing about that tweet was I saw – that Lanier is expected to once again be one of the top paid defensive linemen. Again, he was the top paid this past season. There was a drop off there, but I think they view it as the fact that they didn't use him at his defensive tackle spot for a lot of the year. That maybe that was the reason for it, but all the pressures on him now, if that's the case where he's getting paid that much again, you, you pretty much need to see double digit sacks from him. That is Britton Gray, our Green Zone Rider reporter, football at four uh, here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. with you here on the Green Zone on this Monday after the AFC and NFC Championship games in the National Football League. The Chiefs and the 49ers will play in the Super Bowl in Vegas. Uh, Drew, did you see, have you ever been to the Luxor? Yes, of course. Have you yeah. seen the what it looks like for Super Bowl next two weeks? It's, no, I it, Apparently it's the media hotel for uh, the uh, Super Bowl. It's, it's not a far walk from the, uh, from the uh, stadium. Nothing's a far walk in L.A. or uh, Las Vegas. So, of course, advertising huge during Super Bowl week. Crazy. They Crazy. have uh, put one side. I don't know if they're going to do it on all four sides. It's a shape like a pyramid, of course. Uh, but at least one side of the Luxor right now is completely covered for a Dorito advertisement, making it look like a giant <laughs> Dorito chip in Las Vegas. I I wonder if it's going to be on all four sides uh, for the uh, Luxor Hotel. How much of a gong show is Vegas going to be next week? It's going to be crazy, crazy. We were there. The last trip, we were there, the Sharks. They had the rodeo on. They had uh, the world's worst band at the Sphere. (laughs) Um, They had um, had the... the, um, if you the don't NBA. know, ladies and gentlemen, you haven't been listening to the Green Zone. He was talking about U2, okay? He was talking about U2 they, at the uh, Sphere. They uh, had the yeah. NBA um, final uh, tourney going on, Yeah, the finals. The in-season tournament. The in-season tournament. By the way, by the way, so the Lakers weren't going to hang up that – yeah, Lakers yeah. weren't going to hang up that banner. They were forced to hang up that banner. You should see how dumb it looks with the championship banners <laughs> and then this little weenie tourney. It looks so bad. <laughs> Good. Anyway, that was a gong show. I can't imagine what the Super Bowl will be like. Yeah. Are you going? Anybody in Saskatchewan going to uh, Vegas for Super Bowl week? Give us a ring. This is the Green Zone. Welcome into the Green Zone on this Monday afternoon. Hope you had a great weekend. 
Now, Sean says, I was planning on going to Vegas, but uh, my daughter uh, says I have to be at the uh, cheer competition in Moose Jaw that week. So, guess that's out of the equation. Oh, yeah. Best of the West. Uh, thank you. Great timing. It's on the Saturday of Super Bowl weekend, so I'm free on Sunday. Thank you for that. And my son's hockey for having an 11-15 start that Sunday. So, by the time that's all wrapped up, I have more than enough time to watch all the pregame coverage before the Super Bowl of the Chiefs and the 49ers. I can't be the only one who gets the schedule for all the kids' events and immediately goes to Grey Cup Week and Super Bowl, or Grey Cup Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday. Am I the only one who does that and goes, "Is there any conflict here?" No, not at all. Are you kidding me? No, no. Doesn't make you a bad dad. I don't worry about. It. Just cheer. I'm just curious if I have to make other arrangements or anything like that because. If there's two things I like is Grey Cup Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday. That is two things I very much like. But, of course, if it is a major event like a cheer competition or a hockey tournament, I will be there with bells on. Although that, that Vibank rink, whew, that is a chilly rink, ladies and gentlemen. I can tell you that this weekend. That is a cold rink. And it was hot outside, so I can only imagine what that rink was like when it was minus 40. You get a layer up, man. I did up. not. I don't know why I didn't layer up for that. You need a base layer, and then you need a, you know. The guy survived. It wasn't like, but I was like, whew, it is a little bit cold in here. It's the coldest rink you've ever been in. Bullier. Bullier, Saskatchewan, coldest rink on the planet. If there's anywhere That's colder, great. I don't want to experience what that what it is. I That's think Bollier Rink is one of the reasons I actually quit playing hockey. <laughs> Vanskoy's brutal. Vanskoy's rink was was brutal too. We used to practice out there when I was coaching the Bantam Hawks. It was brutal. So cold. <laughs> the oh, we got ice time in Bollier. Okay, what time we have to wake up? Six a.m. <laughs> to get there in time for this ice time at seven. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's minus a hundred in here. Yep. No thanks. Your body temperature hasn't even close to be caught up to you at all. Until None of like the kids are five moving. o'clock in the evening. <laughs> Nobody's moving out there because we're all frozen. You'd, so. you'd rather be outside than inside. It was, probably, yeah. it was probably warmer outside than it was in the rain. <laughs> Yeah, remember those rink. Oh yeah, there were some good ones back in the day. I'm sure those you know, out there have some recommendations in, uh, already. Uh, they're probably texting right now. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Coldest that's what we rink. should do. The coldest, coldest rink, rink in Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan bracket. <laughs> yeah, that's a good bracket. <laughs> yeah. Coldest rink in uh, in the NHL's Carolina. It literally has a draft. It literally, not a draft, it's a wind tunnel. It's ridiculous. Well, I was thinking, How are cold. all the southern rinks cold because LA's, that LA's hot brutal. outside? Cool. No, no, because Anaheim's nice. Tampa's nice. Florida, a little bit chilly. But Carolina's the coldest rink by far. It's, it's got, literally got a wind tunnel. <laughs> As you're walking, as you're walking out to the to the ice, it's brutal. One eight seven uh, Asquith and Vanskoy. Uh, uh, Asquith is cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call right there. Uh, Jamie, time to invest in a uh, battery heated vest or jacket. It's a game changer. I've seen those. I've seen those too. That's from a longtime hockey parent. 
that's a good one. I've seen those. I'd like one when I'm, because I'm such a, I'm so cold. It's 73 degrees out right now, and I've got a sweatshirt on inside. That's how cold I am. Because Michelle is the exact opposite of me. So inside the the apartment, it's... So you so oh, the proto... Oh, I got to tell you. Oh, oh what? Okay. Oh, forgot what? to tell you. Being Speaking of the apartment, um, Michelle starts, started watching Yellowknife. Okay. Or Yellowstone? Yellow Yellowstone. Sorry, Yellowknife <laughs> is, is the place we're in, in Canada. It's a new series coming out uh, a couple of years. Um, <laughs> start watching Yellowstone. Okay. And so, so you're watching it with her. So, well, I'm, I'm there. Okay. I'm not watching it with her. Okay. I'm there. There is not of the main characters. There is not one likable character ever. They're, they have unbelievable how you people are watching this show and cheering for some of these people. They're terrible. They should all be just gone. They should all be shipped in, into the wilderness. You sound like it's, me. I'm not, I'm not watching The Crown. I'm just in the room while my wife's I've watching been, The Crown. I've been there, yeah, I've been there doing that, too. Trust me on that one. That's Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. That's when you put the headphones on and you watch uh, YouTube videos of people falling, stuff like that. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. <laughs> All right. Let's talk some I hockey. I should be studying hockey, but I'm not. <laughs> Now, here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. It's time to drop the clubs. We're losing! We're guys, more teams. They're burying us alive! But hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Judging by the text line, uh, I never want to have a hockey tournament in Van Scoy because apparently it's that so is cold. the coldest rink in Saskatchewan. Cold. It's so cold. Van, this someone texted in all caps: "Van Scoy, coldest ever." <laughs> Full stop. Uh, so it's, it's brutal. Mind you, you're getting again. You're getting into such. But do they have a good rink burger? Because no, a, a great rink burger. No counter. Delisle has a no. Delisle did, but Van's going no. Okay. I didn't even think they had a concession. I think it was just like you walked in, you went on the ice. That was it, if I remember correctly. I don't. But... Anyway. Okay. The Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton yeah. Oilers. This yeah. is the worst timing. 16-game winning streak. Oh, my goodness. And I'm, So oh well. I, I've been asked this question today, and all I can think is, is this. Well, everybody's on a break. Like everybody's on a, everybody's coming out of the all-star break at the same point of the Edmonton Oilers are. They like have the bye week going into the all-star break or coming out of the all-star break, one or the other. And so it's not like Vegas is going to be all revved up, ready to go because they've been playing hockey. Nobody's really playing hockey against the Edmonton Oilers. So yeah. And the Vegas a, golden, I think they break the record. I really do. It's a red herring. It's, it's not, here's the interesting thing about the winning streak. And, and we, I have, I've said before that one of the biggest reasons is that Connor's healthy, and that's not wrong. But um, you do want to give credit where credit is due. The Edmonton Oilers on this 16-game win streak, if my math is correct, and I do believe it is, 1.56 goals against average in those 16 games against 1.56. Um. Their penalty kill, 93%. They've allowed three goals on 47 uh, shorthanded situations. By the way, that's a stat I like to change. It should be goals per two minute. 
I'm sure some so, analytics uh, some guys nerd are. out there has that stat. Now, the other thing is that last year their power play was what they lived on and eventually died on. They've only scored in, that, in those 16 games 10 power play goals, which is significant because now they're, they're doing their damage five on five, which was a weakness for them the last couple of seasons. Their penalty kill, which was eh, okay, wasn't very good you know, to start the season. It's now at 93%, which is phenomenal. And it helps when the guy between the pipes is stopping the puck more than he there, was before on a penalty there, kill. There, there you go. There you go. So they have, and I'll give Chris Knobloch tons of credit on this, they have changed, or sorry, they've improved those metrics, those those areas where you need to improve if you're going to be successful. So it's not just that they're scoring, although they can still do that for sure, but it's it's keeping the puck out of the net. So the uh, Edmonton Oilers, uh, I think they do it. I think they beat Vegas, and then they'll beat Anaheim, and they'll win 18 straight, and it'll be the NHL record for uh, best winning streak of all time. Anaheim will be the one. Wonder why? Why? Are you not going to say Really? You're not going to say it? What is it? About Anaheim? Yeah. What am I missing? What am I missing, Romanda? What? It's a trap game. <laughs> oh, it's a trap game. <laughs> I think I learned my lesson on the Oilers facing a trap game against the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, Although this is even a bigger trap. This is a bigger trap now because ah, it's now a trap. it's for um, the record. It's a trap. I uh yeah. I, uh, <laughs> although I'm more impressed by what was it, thirty-five straight games without a regulation loss? Was it the Philadelphia Flyers way back Philadelphia in the day? Flyers. Thirty-five straight. Pat Quinn coached that team, did he not? Whew, that was a heck of a I run. Check that. Uh, yeah. But the Edmonton Oilers uh, playing well. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, a uh, big comeback win over the uh, weekend. But it was after my son's hockey tournament, so I was asleep on the couch by the time they came back and won that game in overtime. But El- Elias Pettersson, and I, I love mm-hmm. this from Rick Tockett because he called out Elias Pettersson in the media. I texted him on this one. And he says, okay, I don't haven't liked his game for three games now. And then the media, of course, tries to blow it up in Vancouver. Oh, my goodness. What's the relationship going to be like now that Rick Tockett called out one of the best players and they're trying to re-sign Elias Pettersson? And Rick Tockett said, what I tell you guys, what I tell you guys, they already know. Like, I'm not breaking news to them through you. That's not how this works. That's where I appreciate Rick Tockett because we have seen other coaches before fall into the trap of saying something and the players in the room are going, what? That's not what he told us. He said he liked our game last night. And now he's telling you guys we suck? Come on. But I think uh, Rick Tockett, I like that by Rick Tockett. There's nothing to not like about Rick Tockett. There really isn't. Rick is a, first off, outstanding person. But this guy knows how to coach. Even that team he coached in Arizona, which was not a very good team, and that was so dysfunctional behind the scenes. Just trying to, just, they were just trying to pay bills back then. Rick has done a good job. Players that play for Rick understand. Plus, also, he was Rick Tockett. He was one of the original power forwards. Nobody played harder than Rick Tockett. Plus, he could score. He was skilled, tough man. 
And so his voice rings a little clearer in the dressing room. And he's smart. He's smart about what he says, and he's honest with players. He's The one thing that he has been able to do is, from the previous coach, Bruce, um, have discipline. Discipline in his messaging, discipline in the way the team approaches games, discipline in the way that they practice. That's the big one. That was the big one for him. And discipline in the way that they play. They're, they're no fluke. If you haven't figured it out by now, we're at the all-star break. They're no fluke. They're a hell of a good team. Uh, unfortunately for the Canucks, they're not going to get a lot of rest because half their team is at the NHL all-star game yeah. Yeah. in Toronto. Uh, we'll get into the all-star weekend coming up later in the week here on the Green Zone. Coming up next, our game of the night on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM. Jamie Nigel Romenda, our game of the night. Sorry to the Ottawa Senators and the Nashville Predators. You're not it. Uh, I'm going to the two hottest teams in the National Basketball Association, Drew Romenda, tonight as the uh, L.A. Clippers. Eight wins in the last ten. Five-game winning streak. Uh, They're going up against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have won nine of their last uh, ten in the NBA tonight. There's also uh, the other... Good game. The Bucks and the Nuggets uh, should be a dandy basketball game That'd tonight. Be a good game too. Uh, real yeah. quick, Drew. We only have thirty seconds. Thumbs up or thumbs down to Roy- Royal Rumble's result of Cody Rhodes uh, winning the Rumble. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I, they've been they've been trying to get Cody on the on the track to a championship. Thumbs up. Yep. Everybody Almost. I talked to and everything I read was it was boring. It was predictable and yeah. meh. It was a meh card. Scott hates that take, by the way. Producer Scott is like, no, that was great, oh, the, great yeah. theater. The meh, the meh stuff is anything involving Roman Reigns. The That's only the disappointing moment I had was Pat McAfee was one of the surprises that went in, and I so was hoping Aaron Rodgers would come out of nowhere and throw him over the rope. That's all I wanted <laughs> to see. Right that when I saw it was Pat McAfee coming in, I'm like, get Rodgers in there to throw him out. That would have been good. I thought it would have been Very good. Apparently he was uh, in as a because Brock Lesnar is a right no go based on the Vince McMahon stuff that has played out recently. <laughs>